What's up, friends? In this latest episode, we recapped a lot of what happened in college football last week. We give our thoughts on some of the narratives that were destroyed, some of the narratives still up in the air, and we're going to talk about a coaching dynasty, but not the one you're probably thinking of. We will talk about some of the performance art recently done by the Atlanta Falcons, some other notable entries in the art of giving up big leads, and for the second week in a row, we're going to be talking about some weird copyright stuff in movies. This is Let Them Eat Takes. You have a hot take for us today, Kevin? Uh, yes. Today, tonight's hot hot take for the Georgia Bulldogs is Stetson Bennett losing his man card. <laughs> how I'm do you do sorry. That? Well, <clears throat> you know how every football player has a song that they listen to to get oh. pumped up for the game? Apparently, yes. his song is a song called Bubbles or Bubbly by Colby Calais. Yes, I saw this. Now... This could be a ploy just to get get her in his DMs, which it did work. She follows him now on social media. But that, to me, that strips him of his man card, even if he is the man. That's a galaxy brain take. Like the, whole thi- the whole thing was to get that follow by Colby Calais. I don't know why. I went and I had to Google her, and I found her music video on YouTube, and it was like very – it was – Textbook 2006, there was like, you know, some frayed denim, some flip-flops, some acoustic guitar. She's like female Jack Johnson. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was like female. It starts in in her her toes and it wrinkles her nose. Starts in her toes, wrinkles (laughs) her nose. Wherever you go, I already know. You make me smile. Please stay for a while. I imagine, oh. I imagine him listening to this song in the locker room, and here's the thing, like though. everything, everything goes slow motion, like in the movies, you know. And he's like, it's either really mode. stupid, like you're saying, or it's terrifying, like where you see a man and he's staring at himself in a mirror in a locker room, listening to Colby Calais, and you're like, yeah, speechless and yeah, and some, stupefied. Dim- yeah, some director who's like. Definitely a little twisted. Like Quentin Tarantino could use that song while, like you know, Samuel Jackson's just mowing down a room full of people. Yeah, yeah like yes. that's kind of how I imagine it. Like maybe that's playing in his head when he's throwing a pass or something. You know, like everything slows down for him and he hears this damn song playing in his head when he's <laughs> connecting with you know whoever it is that's on their team. So I did say this on a last during last football season, I do think there's a chance Stetson might be a high-functioning sociopath. Because everybody's hyping him up. to Colby Collet is put that in the column. Yeah, definitely reinforces that. Like, the guy has never thought he was an underdog. He's like, I've always been the best quarterback. You know, he has no sense of shame <laughs> about anything. Like, thank God this guy found football, because who knows what he'd be doing else in the world right now. I mean, he could be pumping gas somewhere. It doesn't help that he looks kind of like a younger Ted Bundy already. (laughs) He looked like like the like the vice manager of a 
Publix or Kroger or something. <laughs> Dude, that would come a long way from Brantley County, Georgia, if you're the assistant, vice manager of a Publix. They don't manager. even have... They don't even know what a Publix is in Nahuna, Georgia, or Blackshear, or wherever he's telling the people he lives now. Best they got is Fred's. <laughs> you ever been to Fred's? Yeah, the food oh, yeah. store. Yeah, dude, Fred's is, uh, you know you're in the middle of nowhere when you got a Fred's. You Big. guys you guys never grew up in a small town where they had Food World and Piggly Wiggly. And I the nice Piggly grocery Wiggly. store Come was Winn-Dixie. Look, wait, wait, hold up. Before you pass judgment, Justin Patton was born and raised in small town georgia true i was born in a town called america's georgia which is in sumter county um, also the hometown of former georgia tech coach chan gailey true that is true there not you go. far from jimmy carter where he leonard grew pope, up you right leonard pope oh yeah Fingers? all right former That's georgia football was good there. the original darnell washington leonard pope diet darnell <laughs> that's pretty pretty good yeah piggly wiggly was where i i tell people i'm from dublin though and in dublin piggly wiggly was where people would go to throw down like if you had beef we're gonna meet behind the pig <laughs> scott do you got any hot takes right now for uh college football season uh the sun belt is better than the acc love it it is incredible. Possibly Jesse um, West, too. <laughs> uh, have you guys gone through any of these glorious college football tweets? No, the only thing we've done is talk about how Stetson Bennett pumped has lost his man card. Colby Calais, bubbly. Oh, uh, yeah. It's his <laughs> so, no, we haven't, we haven't gone through any of the tweets if you want to take us through. I think my favorite one is the tweet that it's kind of nuts that Brian Ferentz is still our most egregious example of nepotism in a week that Charles became king. <laughs> First off, God, God save the king. Long reign King Charles III. So I was moving all day Saturday, so I had to look up a lot of these games. And is it, is I was offense. Was it as bad? Yes. As people <laughs> worse. <laughs> the answer is yes. Move, move on. There's a picture of an Iowa fan flipping off the Iowa State players after the game. And my favorite response to it was that guy put up more fingers than Iowa has touchdowns on the season, which is true. <laughs> yeah. In their first well, game, they had one field goal. And in their second game, they had one touchdown. That's so right. Because they played two games. Two- Yes. This is Iowa, right? Like yes. the ones that with the Pittsburgh Steeler colored uniforms, hot yeah, Hawkeye. the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Iowa. They usually they're usually a pretty solid team, but uh, this not not this year. So, and their coach has been there for like a hundred thousand years. So, yeah, Kirk Ferentz. Is this his son's Wait. first year as offensive coordinator? No, no, he's been their offensive coordinator for a while have pretty consistently been bad on offense and good on defense. But hey, you know, Scott Frost is available. He could uh, help them out on offense. Yeah, there's a lot of corn in Iowa still. He could, you know, he might fit right in. Yeah. The Eagles aren't shucking that corn in Iowa. They shucked that corn in Nebraska, but they're not shucking that corn in Iowa. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) 
That's incredible. I had no idea either there. I had heard I'd read people talk about that anemic offense, but it's not it's anemic doesn't even do it justice. It's dysfunctional. It's like is it is like they're trying to sabotage the rest of the team. In it, like it's like if anemic had health problems. <laughs> That's super interesting considering I feel like the trend lately is having an explosive home run kind of style offense. Well, not well, in Iowa. <laughs> They've always been like a running offense, so at least in my opinion. They you know. they like to run the ball out of eye formation and single back formations a lot, a lot of under center stuff, but they have put a considerable number of tight ends in the NFL who are good pass catchers. So it's not completely it's not stupid. It's not like, you know, they run the wing T or something. But they could probably stand to modernize and they could probably stand to hire an offensive coordinator who's not just there because his dad's the head coach. They could stand to run the wing key. Maybe if they're that committed to running the ball, just put some more backs back there. So, Scott, you alluded to it. Not alluded to it, but flat out said it. Some belt won a bunch of games this weekend that everyone expected them to lose. And got paid Uh. to do it. Getting paid, getting paid. And Notre Dame, I heard Notre Dame, Notre Dame probably paid Marshall similar money, right? But they don't, you don't oh, yeah. really know because they're private, right? Correct. Yeah, they gave him that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, brother. We got a pot of gold? For, yeah. Why did, what accent was that? Yeah, you know I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know. Maya. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll give him a pot of gold to leave, too. Dude, I'm excited Marshall won. We are Marshall. Yeah. This Thunder is a, hers, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun year so far. I mean, everyone's. It, it, I feel like it's become a tradition every year, just around week two or week three. Like, whoa, this is the craziest year ever because everyone's like narratives, which were not formed very well in the first place, are kind of getting dismantled. But this is, but it, it actually is kind of crazy because there's a lot of programs that historically don't win games, winning games right now. Like, I think uh, I think App State should trade places with Vanderbilt and be the next SEC team. It wouldn't be yeah. it wouldn't be super different. I mean, I think Vandy's logo upside down is App State's logo. <laughs> Same they ditched the star. <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking the V and the A. But yeah, yeah. the star. Yeah. They, they basically def- restylized Virginia's V and and uh, got away with it. Yeah. They did. I heard other people compare it to someone else's V's Villanova. Yeah, yeah, it's so, like a combination of Virginia and Villanova. So since I was indisposed and couldn't watch some of these cool games, can someone give me like the 10-second version or reason why App State beat number six Texas A&M? A&M refuses to play offense. Jimbo sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his excuse is. It's not like he has a you know an incompetent son calling plays he, for him. He doesn't have Jameis Winston anymore. You know. Yep. That might be it. I mean, he's had some, I don't know, it, it would, is the highlight of Jimbo Fisher's uh, quarterback coaching career post Jameis Winston, is it Kellen Mond? Which, if that's <laughs> the case, that's kind of disappointing. Not, you know, he did, he did all right, but, like, let's be real. No, it's, it's Zach Calzada, who's on the third string at Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> Pray tell me, how did that happen? Hell, I don't know. I don't even know how the hell we beat uh... – Whoever it was, we almost lost to. I can't even remember the team now. San Jose State. Yes, San Jose State, the Spartans. Yes. 
Maybe Auburn should move out to the MAC or the WAC. We might do better there. Brian Harsa would definitely feel more at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. all. I'm, no recruiting. I'm, no, no, no recruiting. So, but this is this is what's going to happen, boys. He's going to be gone midway through the season, and we're going to hire Urban Meyer. You keep saying that. If I I figure if I speak it enough to existence, it'll happen. Listen, I've been paying attention to message board message board geniuses a lot lately because there's mm-hmm. been so much for people to melt down about a lot. Every <laughs> single fire this coach is followed up. This is every fan base that wants to fire their coach right now. It's followed they up. They want with, Urban Meyer. Yeah, they want Urban Meyer. Who doesn't? He wins. Florida fans were even fan saying bases that. are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would ask. John, the, hold on. I was say yep. earlier you were asking if Iowa's offense is as bad as people have said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Ferentz has been their offensive coordinator since 2012. Whoa. So I I will read you where they finished an offense during his whole tenure. And these are numbers that are adjusted for level of competition. So meaning that, you know, you get credit for playing in a power five conference or for playing other good teams and stuff like this. Right. Uh, Just as a reminder, there's about 60 power five teams. Uh, His first season, 100 even they were the 100th best offense out of 60 power five teams. I like it. Uh, 62, 53, 49, Ooh, 62, we're creeping. 52, we're not creeping. 45, ah, we're 52, creeping. No, we're not. 53, no. 92. That's that bad. was last year. They are consistently basically you know, the worst. Power five off. I mean, not the worst, but they're right at the very bottom of the power five every year, despite being a winning team, a stable program, and a second best conference where people care about football. That's crazy. They could, there's probably been a couple of years too, they could have won the Big Ten had they just function, put anything that was like, you know, not trying to, you know, set the whole locker room on fire on offense like just have something that works doesn't have to be good just work i would ask for the 10 second version about marshall beating notre dame but i don't care notre dame's always overrated um kentucky florida let's go wow oh, that game was fun, was fun game. kentucky was just like better crowning, than florida yeah everyone was crowning anthony richardson the second coming of cam newton and then he goes out and kentucky's basically like all right, throw the ball. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I cannot. Did y'all, did y'all see the interview with the Kentucky defender? No. It was like a couple days before the game. Yes. And they're like, no. yeah, we're just going to not let him run around. They're like, well, <laughs> this is what you can do. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he said they were going to just run, contain, run QB yeah. spy. He said sure they were going to just run a QB spy on him all game, which they literally just ran a QB spy on him like all game. Which. <laughs> I understand the Utes have been a well-coached team recently, but shame on them for not thinking to do that when they played Florida. Well, I mean, that Utes, game was, that was pretty unreal. They sacrificed Southern Utah on an altar this weekend to a town. 73-7 to 7 was that score. That, that's probably, that has to be some community college. Mm. 
Jeez, oh, Texas A and M was forty seventh in offense last year. That's pretty rough. To to put these offensive ranks in perspective, I mean, was it twenty nineteen when Georgia was like terrible on offense, and everyone has since believed that Kirby teams are bad on offense and Georgia's bad on offense? That team was twenty third. Like. Finishing 23rd once is what gets you labeled as a terrible offensive team forever. Texas A&M with an offensive guru was 47th. I'm pretty sure the Red Elephant Club was paying people to say that on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> the, guys, the guys on the radio were saying that um, Jimbo has won like five less games than uh, the previous coach that they canned. And the previous coach did more with, you know, Someone? Less guys, yeah. Someone, someone, yeah. I liked someone. He kind of. I did too. He fell apart at the end. He gave up probably one of the biggest leads in Power Five play that I can think of in that UCLA game when they mm-hmm. went up like thirty-eight. Oh, that was a bad loss. Yeah, like, that's woof. I mean, that made the Falcons proud, right? <laughs> no one <laughs> upstages the Falcons when it comes to surrendering leads, but somehow they did it. Well, what year yeah. was that? What year was it? <sighs> I think it was after uh, the Super Bowl. So I think it was around 2017, I'm going to guess, when A&M did that. Man, that Falcons. <laughs> that's just... That's, I'm still mad about that. Of course, I shouldn't be surprised. It's Atlanta Chokers football. Are you talking about this past weekend's game? Yeah. Saints? Yep. Oh, yeah. Is this our NFL Falcons aside real quick? Okay, yeah, so Justin, the Falcons Super Bowl that was early 2017 and that A&M-UCLA game was like, I think, opening weekend, September 2017. <laughs> so that was like an off-brand sequel. <laughs> it's like that, uh, you know, there's a Thor movie you can watch on Tubi TV or whatever. It, uh, because Thor cannot be, uh, because Disney can't copyright Thor because he's a mythological... <laughs> Character. We're back, baby. From Northwest, that's right. This is the copyright, the copyright movie sidecar show. Last I week really, it was murdering murderous. I really the enjoyed Pooh listening to that. By the way, no, oh yeah, no. we're gonna watch that movie this I, week. We, we are gonna watch that movie. There's a movie called Thor: End of Days, and it, it looks shockingly like um, the first Marvel movie with Thor. Like he looks like him, dresses like him. I think Loki's a character in it but it is totally not a Marvel production in any way. <laughs> it's supposed to be terrible. Well, I actually did see the new one the other day. It was pretty funny. I you liked know. it a lot. I liked it a lot. I, I, see, I see all the negative reviews on it, and it's like, well, it's Thor. It's, you know, come on. It's just, you can't take that seriously. Guy drives a rainbow bridge. You know, so... <laughs> Wasn't grounded in reality enough for me. No. <laughs> a bit unbelievable. Um, oh, and the last one real quick, and then we can move on, um, is, of course, Georgia Southern. Let's go. Hit him with the funeral dirt. Insert music here. Funeral dirt. Scott Frost is fired. We'll pay your buyout. The, uh, we don't care anymore. It's the gift of we the got that Big Ten TV money. See, it's all the price of corn. The price of corn is way up. 
That can't be a coincidence. So do you, think that, do you think that gives Clay Helton another chance here. to big time? I kind of, I don't know. I don't think so, but how what was it wrong for him at USC? The coaching part. Was it the coaching the part? part? Where... <laughs> Sorry. I just remember Georgia Southern fans lost their crap at the beginning of the year because he sent some video from him talking in his office and it was like not decorated at all. And they're like, he's not even settled in. He's just, you know, got the bare minimum so he can move on to his next job. <laughs> if you're someone like Clay Helton and you've coached at USC, I'm like, no doy. He's not going to be staying in Statesboro forever. <laughs> yeah, he, may, he may land in Troy. Who knows? <laughs> Should have right. hired Rush Probst or something. Oh God, Rush Probst. <laughs> I heard he's you know, and the reason he got booted out of Hoover's because they found out he had a second family that oh, he was yeah. supporting. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm well aware. <laughs> I have family or I don't. Ashley has family that worked at the school he coached at in Moultrie. Jonathan almost outed his second family. <laughs> I have family. Just kidding. My wife has family. No Colquitt County, Georgia. Colquitt County. That's right. Every man's expected. If you're not a real man, unless you're supporting another family on the side, that's anyone right. can support one family. It takes a real man to support two. Oh, it's the Rush main export of Colquitt County. Drugs? It, no, it's got a pack. It's, there's, they're called the Packers for for a reason. There's something there. They're packing oh, cocaine. They're packing Maybe. I always thought Rush Probst looked like if uh if like a fairy godmother waved her wand over cigarette ash and it became corporeal. You get rushed, bro. Like, hi, I'm here. I have heard there is a store in Moultrie that only sells tortilla chips, and they're apparently banging. So maybe they're packing that tortilla. Packing it, maybe. <laughs> they're All packing right. something. All right, that, 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 that's enough review of college football from this past weekend. <laughs> can, I, can I revisit the Florida-Kentucky game? Sure. Just for a moment. So I always... I conceptualize this game is because I I'd said to, a couple weeks ago, I thought Kentucky was going to be one of the bigger disappointments of the year because some people just had them, you know, dark horse winning the SEC East or whatever. I was laboring under the impression that these were two teams that hadn't really proved anything yet. I mean, <laughs> it's not fair for Kentucky. I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't really sold on the Will Levis as like a top, you know, NFL prospect. And we're still term. not. I'm still not. He had a great throw. I was talking shit about him in our Discord, and he delivered that strike to the end zone. I was like, as right, soon as you sent it. it, it was like a bomb. <laughs> keep putting that mayonnaise in your coffee. Quit. Keep eating them bananas. I hate that so much. I just think. I mean, I think what's going to happen is what happens every year with Kentucky is that they may be the second best team in the East, but if they play Georgia, they're not going to last through the first half. You know. So we'll see. Until they until they dethrone the king. They're still shit. <laughs> if, if Sam haven't even quite made it to the throne room yet, if we're being honest, but <laughs> they but, make hey, it closer than the rest of the Yahoos in the East. Yeah, it's true. And credit to Kentucky for being a consistently winning team. Which, if you've paid attention to the history of Kentucky football, that hasn't happened a whole lot, right? It happened with Bear Not Bryant since the Bear Bryant days. It well, it happened for a bit with Hal Mummy. Yep. They brought the air raid, but 
Yeah, you got to do something pretty legendary to have any sustained winning at Kentucky. So credit where it's due there. Credit indeed. I think for now. Uh, right for now, Mark Stoops. I think uh, unseated Bear Bryant as one of the two coaches to be the most winning at two different programs. It's now only Steve Spurrier. Ah, nice. uh, most winningest coach at Florida and most winningest at South Carolina. Congratulations, Gosh. Steve. The old ball coach. Never forget, he got retired by Grayson Lambert. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some uh, streaming, sports streaming ad I see on Facebook, and it has a picture of Grayson Lambert from that year. And I thought, what, like, how did that guy? I hope he's getting some sort of money from that. How did that happen? Of all the Georgia quarterbacks you decided to put on your uh, your ad to stream college football games. Right. All right, y'all want to move on to this weekend real quick before we yes. shift gears? This weekend, Georgia, number one Georgia, plays South Carolina. South Carolina. Nobody, nobody cares, man. Nobody In cares. Columbia, South Carolina. Georgia by 24. That's the motto of the team. Nobody cares. <laughs> yep. Of South Carolina or Georgia? What are you talking about? Georgia's Georgia. motto. That was like their offseason. Number one. <laughs> I will say, like their offseason motto was nobody cares, which is I think was more of a nobody cares what you did last year kind of thing. Uh, I see. I was like, I was at the dog I don't walk. Why you keep telling me you don't care? <laughs> Look, I don't. don't. I went. He's, to he's emotionally distancing himself as an Auburn fan. <laughs> no, he's a closet Georgia fan. I know the secret. But he's I, come, I out, don't he's come out of the closet to me about that. I don't care anymore. I'm done with college football this year. <laughs> Wait, you you can't find another team to just kind of root for or root he's against? He's got like five teams. Of course, he could find. Another they team. all suck, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah, what about Ohio State? Hey, Miami plays Texas A&M. They'll see. They'll make. They'll make Texas A&M look like world beaters. Oregon State <laughs> had a nail-biting win recently. They beat the shit out of Boise State. There, that's one of my teams that I'm, you know, going to watch like an unhinged maniac because they'll be still playing at two in the morning, but I'll still watch them. Oh man, I'm watching Grayson Lambert highlights for South Carolina right now. <laughs> Did he go like 25 <laughs> for 28 in that game? That's so good. <laughs> Just throwing ropes to wide open dudes. <laughs> just slants. Oh, slant. I'll just call out the slants as they happen. Don't mind me. Okay. <laughs> I um, was at I was at the uh, the dog walk. Uh, that's when the Georgia players walked to the stadium when they played Sanford, and I could tell you they did not care about anything that day. Like they usually, I don't know. That's always kind of awkward because it's kind of like. I don't know, here's a bunch of fans screaming Yahoo, and these kids are just got, you know, they just want to go in there and play football, you know? It just feels <laughs> weird. It's like seeing the hate set makes parents. It's almost like looking, seeing animals at the zoo, you know? It's like, you're a human being. I know you exist for more than just my entertainment, but today you're definitely, like, <laughs> going to be entertainment. But uh, honestly, honestly, I feel like the, the team walks – that's got to be one of the most overrated traditions in all of college football. I mean, Tiger Walk is such a huge deal at Auburn, but I, I never once went to it because I had to be at the stadium to get my seat. So, yeah, I, even even if you try to go to it, it's such a pain in the butt to get to where they're going. You know, I don't know. So, I, 
uh, the last team walk I did with Auburn was when we were up at Tennessee and it was Lane Kiffin's first year and he comes in like a damn rock star, you know? And then the next thing you know, he's going to Southern Cal. <laughs> yep. Like a rock star. <laughs> That's right. Living his rock star life. <laughs> they landed in Mississippi. <laughs> right. Get yourself a burner phone. You hear that? Other, right. other other notable games. Uh, Penn State plays Auburn in Jordan Hare. How you Jordan Hare. How's that going to work? Get it right, Jordan. It's it's Jordan G Y U R D I N. Jordan. Penn State by three is the line. That yeah, it'll be more than that. It's going to be like twenty one. It's going to. Yeah, it seems like Penn State should definitely go in there and just annihilate them. But I will say it would be the most Auburn thing ever if Auburn like played really close yeah, or even got that. away with a win. No, that it's gonna be it's gonna be like forty two to twenty eight Penn State. That's that's how that one's gonna work. South Carolina's gonna lose to Georgia. It's that that won't even be close. That one will be over after the first quarter. They might cover, I will say. I think South Carolina might cover the spread because I don't think I think Against the spread against Georgia, I think Carolina's like four and five or four and one the last five games. Like they usually play a little bit closer and people realize. What was the Galaxy Brain take we saw? Someone posted where they were like, South Carolina is intentionally sitting their two best receivers or something like that. It was a George, it was a, it was a Bama fan. Oh, board, no, no. Fan message board. What was it? The, the people that said that Georgia made a Faustian bargain. Because uh, South Carolina has two mild to moderately important defensive starters that you can't name missing the game. Yeah, that tweet had to have been coming made, from the uh, team who just won because the other team's starting quarterback was hurt in a famous rematch of the last time they played them, or they won a national title because the other team's quarterback was hurt. Not only did the starting quarterback <laughs> was a rebuilding get year, hurt, man. was yeah. rebuilding. Not only did Quinn Ewers get hurt, his backup got hurt, and they still had to play him because there was no one else to play quarterback for Texas. Yep. I was so freaking tired after moving. I was sitting there watching some of that game, and I said, oh, he's hurt. I wonder if Archie Manning will get in. And my buddy Brian looks at me and he's like, he's in high school, dude. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Yeah. They won't know the difference between him my and bad. Hudson Card. In fairness, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, Quinn Ewers was supposed to be in high school last year, and instead he was at Ohio State. Guys actually do that these days. Yeah, making right. that nil money and not playing a down. Not playing a down. Hey, okay. Alabama plays Louis, uh, University or uh, Louisiana Monroe. I remember that time they lost to them. Oh yes, Glorious. I don't think that's going to happen again. Now. They said it was worse than nine eleven. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so Man, I wish he said that today. I know, right? I was like, if he'd have said that like today, woo, buddy. Did you see him chewing out his players after the Texas game? No, 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 no. I didn't. They were all doing the horns down thing, which apparently I think I don't think you're supposed to do in Big Twelve play. <laughs> Big Twelve yeah, made it a penalty because yeah. Texas has fragile egos. No, um, you're making that up. And they, <laughs> I really and they want to come play in the SEC West. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now in fairness, it's a 15 yard penalty if you do the Gator Chomp. At least if you're Georgia, it's 15 yard penalty if you do the Gator it's Chomp. Worth it. yeah, but totally worth but it. the Florida players will get up and like. You know, chop on the coach on the sideline or something, or getting three yards on first down, and everybody's like, "Oh, look at that team spirit!" 
Look, mm-hmm. I get it. If my fan base was that insane, especially on online message boards, I would just tell those kids, do whatever you got to do to blow off steam. <laughs> well, that's why they're out cow tipping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That cow tipping sounds like more of a Texas A&M tradition. They're looking for a loose change. <laughs> <laughs> and a good time. Lane Kiffin coming to Atlanta. We're going, Kevin. Yeah, it'll be a, a barn burner. Are they playing uh, that one in Bobby Zach, Dodd? Zach Evans yep. will have 150 yards easy. It'll be it'll be over in the first quarter. So you can watch Zach Evans, who's really fun. Yeah, he is good. I'm gonna throw is a golf ball. Is at, he's the old Miss running back who uh, was supposed to come to Georgia, and Georgia kind of. Said no, you're too much of a problem child. So he went to TCU and it's kind of a problem off and on for a couple of years and then now it's at Ole Miss. And then he'll be a early pick for the NFL draft next year. Yeah, he's a stud. I don't know what it would have I, I I you know, who knows, maybe the Georgia coaches were right in their assessment to not put him in their locker room, but part of me watch when I play watch him play now, I think, dang, we could use a guy like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's averaging seven yards a carry in his career. Since, golly, that's a lot of yards. That's he's like really Derek good. Henry. Henry wishes he had those numbers Derek as far as efficiency. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry also wishes he could remember his address, but take her out and make sure he can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Mr. Irrelevant, take Crowder. Um, all right. That's all I got. College football. Anyone that have anything else? I feel like uh, there was like one other game that was interesting. It's it's I mean, not BYU the most Oregon, interesting. Do you find that interesting? I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I think BYU Oregon's kind of interesting because not quite sure how good Oregon is yet, and we know that BYU's pretty good. So that that <laughs> one is kind of interesting. Arkansas, wait, Mississippi State LSU is on there. That's an interesting one for me. Is LSU yeah. going to completely crater? Is Mississippi State? And uh, and have their best year under Leach. The West is actually looking pretty open for second place, right? Oh, I missed that. You're right. <clears throat> the, the other thing with with Brian Kelly is, do you think that LSU is finally going to expose his flaws as a head coach? Whereas he could hide behind that at Notre Dame because he could just blame it on, oh, we have academic restrictions and it's so so hard to get players up here. Yada yada yada. You know, I don't know. I, I think we're going to find out he's pretty pedestrian as a head coach. It is interesting that their recruiting actually got better immediately after he left mm-hmm. with, uh, with Coach Freeman. You know, who might not, who might not yeah, be Yeah, we'll great see coach. if that sticks, too. Yes, starting out with, uh, was that your first home loss of the year? Is that yeah, first home first, you're losing to Marshall? First Notre Dame coach to start 0-3. Yeah, that sounds college. like a great coach. <laughs> he he probably actually will be a pretty good coach. First year coaches have struggles. Uh, I mean, it's just it's barely worth making judgment calls on like first year head coaches. What about historically speaking? Uh, fourth year <laughs> head coaches are fair game. In, in <laughs> most a... cases, second year head coaches or third year head coaches are actually fair game. Oh. Especially in today's climate, second-year head coaches for sure. 
Well, just if you look at, I mean, it, it varies a bit by the type of program, but if you yeah. are a program that has won or competed for a national title in the last 30 years, usually you're pretty good by year two with a new coach or yeah. that coach is going to completely flame out. It well, might that was be, something I was going to look up was the uh, winning percentage of Nebraska from the 80s to 90s to now. And looks like they consistently won 10 to 11 games a year for 20-some-odd years, and then the 2000s happened, and they've been in the shitter ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when I think Georgia played them in back-to-back like Outback Bowls or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And both of our fan bases were complaining, like, we should be, we should get better than this. We deserve better. <laughs> yeah, good times. Good times. <clears throat> All right, y'all want to talk about anything about the Falcons? It's uh, performance art. It, yeah, it is, is exactly. some serious is. performance art. It is. What's like, how do you... That was so. They played such an amazing game for three quarters, and then they just pissed it away. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the. I watched the first half because, like, in the background while I was unpacking stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, New Orleans is either really bad or we're actually playing pretty good." And then it was like a different team second half. <laughs> the defense played a lot better than I thought they were going to. You know, they still for got the first three quarters for the first three quarters, and then. Jameis Winston recovered his vision miraculously, and AJ Terrell started. Is that his name? AJ Terrell. Yeah. Yeah. Started getting started getting burnt by Michael Thomas and some of the other. Was that uh, who's it? Who's that guy from Ohio State? Anyway, he gave up some big routes, and then Marcus Mario had the fumble, and then it, here we go, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Yeah, that's nuts. It's typical. Uh, yeah, it's typical Falcons play. They're they're getting so good at it. Scott, I love what you said about it being kind of like one of those awful movies that's fun to watch now. Mm-hmm. It's a cult it's, classic. It's almost like the Cowboys, too. Like, Dak Prescott. I mean, seriously, that guy needs to be in a glass bubble. <laughs> but How see, many the Cowboys, bones is he going to break? Cowboys are like a big-budget movie that's bad. <laughs> and the Falcons are like the small-budget, you know... Porky, indie film, horror film, whatever, that's like trying to be all artsy and instead it's just bad and it's like campy and cheesy and you can just kind of laugh and cheer at the parts that are supposed to be scary but instead are funny on accident. (laughs) Yeah, the Falcons are definitely Tommy Wiseau's room. Cowboys are more (laughs) like Justice League before the Snyder Cut. (laughs) I mean, yes, that's actually pretty good. We're gonna get uh release the Jerry Jones cut trending. Hey man, he's still looking for that glory hole. Well, maybe don't maybe don't release the Jerry Jones cut. No, don't do that. Oh, Grayson Lambert, twenty four or twenty five right now. Are you serious? How many slants has he thrown? Only like four or five. Oh. On the on the highlights, that is. And how about how about the good old Atlanta Braves picking up where the Falcons left off to choke away a win, you know, because of Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, oh, honorary Falcon for life. Me, yeah. Don't get me started on that BS. I mean. It's in the Reggie Ball Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> oh, I just I just threw two bad pitches, and it's like got away from me. I'm like, come on, dude. Kennelly, we know you're from Curacao, but there's a reason why we moved the Braves out of Fulton County. We wanted them to get as far away from that juju as possible. <laughs> but maybe he needs it back, you know? Who knows? Maybe. What's annoying but, is anytime I bring up like how annoyed I am with Kennelly Jansen, it's like, well, this isn't unlike Will Smith last season, and Snit stuck with him, and he was great in the playoffs. But I feel like... That's not like, yeah, and some people won the lottery too, but that doesn't that's mean what I'm that saying. Like I feel like that's enough. not like that's just and Snit, lucky, and Snit's gonna be know? stubborn and keep him in there, and it's bullcrap. They need to do Iglesias or yeah, you know, yeah. Matt's. So we have like two or three other people that could close, yeah, that's the thing. There's a technical problem about comparing Kenley to Will Smith. Will Smith doesn't take like you know, doesn't take a Tudor dynasty in between pitches you know no but he just walks everybody on the great god's great earth <laughs> they're very different yeah they're very one just walks it loaded it's like a slow burn and kenley's like the firecracker he's like two like, home runs in here, a row. here's a Lead home run a home run for you and a home run for you everybody gets home runs everybody gets home runs yeah but when will smith lets a guy on base you're not there's not like a hundred percent chance he can steal second i feel like when kenley puts a guy on base like it's a shame if he can't steal second like you're maybe, they should, maybe they should try Marcelo Zuna in those instances and see what happens. <laughs> if we're going to go ahead and give up runs, you know, Marcelo Zuna from the Braves. Well, we're no longer in sole possession of first. We are still now a game and a half back from the Mets. We've I mean, it's far from start chugging bleach territory, but no, you know, but like, you know, you don't want to like the Mets are kind of. They're not floundering. I mean, they're five and five in the last ten, but they're not like crushing it either. No, they're not. But it is frustrating. The Kenley Jansen one we we're talking about two games ago, where we we I think we scored five or six runs in the ninth, top of the ninth, take the lead, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh cool, let's put the closer in and win. Oh, just kidding. But I tell you, we could we could blame uh, Jeff Francoeur for jinxing it because as soon as they hit those home runs, you know, he's like, oh, we got the series, and uh, you know, yes. Good old, good old Kenley just showed up and's like, nah, nah, bro, I got this. Honestly, who's going to get to 100 losses first, the Oakland A's or the Washington Nationals? Oh, Nationals that, was, have- that was the stat that they kept talking about on the radio. Is, is Snicker keeps bringing up that Kenley has the most saves in Major League Baseball, but he also has the most blown saves in Major League Baseball. So go figure. So it sounds like he's getting the most closing opportunities in Major League Baseball, is what I'm hearing. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds like great, great stats might be better than raw numbers here, people. True. That's what I'm saying. That's like, I've been watching this guy recently that I really like on YouTube. He's a YouTube content creator called Baseball Historian. Really interesting. Check him out. Anyway, he goes through like some years when, you know, the Cy Young Award went to the wrong person. And one of his consistent things is how the win stat. Yeah, you get 20 wins. They're like, here's a Cy Young. Yeah, yeah. It's like totally stupid. It's like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, 20 wins. Give it to him. It's like, actually, let me mm-hmm. tell you why that's a really stupid reason to give a pitcher the, the award. Sometimes it does line up, and sometimes it does not. And it's hard to have 20 wins and be bad that year, right? And nobody's right. saying that, oh, this person won a Cy Young was bad. But like a lot of times, you can be the fifth or tenth best pitcher that year and get 
20 wins because your team scored a ton of runs in your games. Russ Ortiz won 20 games. <laughs> I mean, he's right up there with, you know, Maddox and Pedro and Randy Johnson. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah clearly. How would you, this might be a stupid question. How could you, how would you change the win stat for it to actually make more sense? Because right now you qualify win if you have the lead after five innings. Is there any way to change that to make it make it more indicative of how the pitcher? Don't have it. You eliminate it as a stat altogether because it's a team stat, an individual person stat. Whoa! And Scott then you would just the say like, "Oh, the Braves are twenty and seven when Max Fried pitches, or whatever." That's good. I like that. What about like the quality start stat? I'm kind of into that. Yeah, I think that's a good one. It gives you a lot about just sort of like, you know, a year-long, dependable, reliable picture, right? And, and basically, one of the things it does is it ignores run support, right? It doesn't say like, oh, did you win or did you lose? Because that has a lot to do with your team's hitting. Right. That's all I got to say about baseball. <laughs> Your question, who's going to get to 100 losses first? I believe yeah. the Washington Nationals have a yeah, head start on lead, that. But I, I was about to look at uh, um, schedules. I think the Mets have the easiest schedule left um, of the teams in the East. Yeah. So expect them to keep winning. That has well, they've had an them. easy schedule for the last bit now, and they've been just playing like smidge over 500 mm-hmm. um but yeah by the numbers coming down the stretch it was always going to be tough because i kept looking at it and it was like okay the braves were like a game or a game and a half or whatever behind the mets have the easier schedule the mets have the tiebreaker so even like the power ratings kind of stuff that had the braves as being a little bit better than the mets still was giving the mets like a 66 percent chance or whatever of winning division just because there's other factors i mean uh, even if even if we don't win the division i still feel like the last series of the mets i really think the braves got to sweep them just to prove that they can do it you know i mean if they don't it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna give me a bad omen for the playoffs for them you know it'd be fun to like sweep them somehow meet them again in the playoffs and just beat the hell out of them again like, you can't get away from I think the Oakland A's are going to lose 100, days, 100 games first. I just looked at their schedule, and it looks a little tougher than the Nationals. Yeah, they got to play the Angels and the Astros. I, I saw Astros a lot, and then I saw... How many losses is a lot of losses? Holy crap. Seattle, Mets, Seattle. Astros, that's a lot of games. I mean, the Angels suck, so whatever. Let's toss up. I don't know how they managed to do it with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, but we've talked about we've talked about a lot, but they managed to do it. Managed to do her. I feel like if I were an Oakland A's fan, I would constantly share that scene from Moneyball Rap. It says first, there's the top teams. 
Then there's a hundred feet of crap, and then there's us. Never has that been more true than this year in a while, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and watching games in their park is just kind of jarring because there's this giant baseball park in, with lots of empty seats, and anytime there's a wild pitch, you just hear this giant metal bang from the metal backdrop behind home plate. So I was reading up on that stadium, and apparently – the Raiders played in that stadium for years, and for years there was a great view of the hills, but then Al Davis put that monstrosity of skybox concrete wall behind, I guess, the home run area or outfield or whatnot, and uh, and the stadium's in disarray. The guys can't even take, like, the, the way team has to shower in a public area where people can actually have access to them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a dump. Yeah, I've heard that you can see players come out of the showers. Jesus, you know, what is this? Can you really? Having having seen games there, it's pretty old janky stadium. Yeah. Just like Al Davis was near the end. Old, Mm -hmm. janky. And now his son is also old and janky with a bad haircut. An an empty husk. (laughs) An empty husk. At least Al Davis Sr. had the 70s to look back on. (laughs) Yeah. All right, y'all. That's all I got.